Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. <sighs> on today's episode, <clears throat> yep, nice game Saturday, guys. Uh, okay, yep, here we go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you awesome Spartan fans. How on earth are you doing? Hopefully, uh, you know, with a little bit of, I don't know, fireball or beer, or if it's not any of your speed, any sort of drink, uh, hopefully you're able to wash Saturday's loss out of your mouth very quickly. Uh, after the game Saturday to enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope you had a fine one. I, I know I did, but obviously I'm only speaking for one person here. Maybe you're still a little heated after that loss, and you know what? Actually, ever since I've turned this microphone on, <laughs> those feelings are coming back to me as well, like the stable individual that I am. So, uh, But before we get to chopping up that game, hey... Thanks for listening to Lockdown Spartans and making us your first listen every single day. Uh, and if you ever, you know, feel uh, like you want to help us out, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, once again, this is Locked On Spartans, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything, hey, hit us up, man. Locked On Spartans at gmail.com. That is the place to find us. Okay, so, um. Before getting into the the podcast, the episode here, actually a little peek behind the curtain to see how the sausage is made. I, w- I was really wondering how I was going to tackle this podcast. Like I was thinking of just okay, hopping on immediately after the game and letting all the raw emotions flow through me, which isn't healthy for anyone. It's probably not the best way to go about anything in life, especially a game played by college aged uh, adults, young old children, young adults, however you want to spin it. But then I really took a step back here, and this is how we're going to start things off. Um, we we haven't had to do this in a long time. We haven't really had to chop up a bad loss in a long time for our Michigan State Spartans, whether it be basketball or football. I mean, how cool is it that we get to root for a team that not only wins New Year's Six Bowl games, but also then has a basketball team that, that bangs out a nine-game win streak? Okay, so some perspective right there. Could be a lot worse, right? Life could be a lot worse as a college sports fan, but we're still... Living large here in East Lansing. Okay, now that that's over, let's start to get angry again. Um, I did 24-hour rule this one. I slept on it, thought long and hard about it, and unfortunately a lot of my sentiments uh, are are the same as what they would have been uh, five minutes after the 66-64 defeat against North... I'm sorry, 64-62 defeat against Northwestern wrapped up. And... We can, I guess, take solace in this as well. Um, is that we are done living the lie that we were for the better part of about almost two months there. That this is a top ten basketball team. Uh, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They, they are a fine team. But top ten kind of felt like a little bit of a stretch as of late. You sweat a game out against High Point. You sweat out a game at Northwestern. Uh, Nebraska was, okay, fine. Fine for the most part. But then you sweat out another game against Minnesota, and you're like, okay. Do it once. 
okay, it's college basketball. Even the best teams struggle against bad teams every once in a while. Do it twice. Okay, fine. Uh, kind of a funky year. You know, they're getting off a, a COVID thing that happened in the high point game. Maybe something's off here. You, you have like three of these in a short span and then a fourth time, which happened on Saturday. Then, uh-oh, okay. Um, the trend has gone on a little too long for me to think that, okay, it's just a little hiccup. No, I think this is what Michigan State sadly is as of late. I will say, though, I'm not going to be all, you know, grumpy over here. There is something to be said about winning those games that they did, to find it in themselves to grind out those wins and beat those teams, even though those games never should have been that close to begin with, but there's something to be said there. However, we saw what happens when you just keep on walking that tightrope act for too long, and that is a loss against a pretty, pretty bad Northwestern team. And that is a really bad loss, A, for the team that you're playing, and B, for where you stand in the schedule right now. Michigan State's start to Big Ten play was actually something I, I just changed the name of. I just started it call I started calling it the extended non-conference schedule. Because that was a joke, a joke of an opening <laughs> that Michigan State was very fortunate to open up with in Big Ten play. At Minnesota against Penn State, at Northwestern, against Nebraska, canceled game against Michigan, against Minnesota, versus Northwestern. That is an insane, insane, insane run of very beatable teams in Big Ten play that you're not going to find anywhere else in the conference. You had the chance to run that table and get into Big Ten play unbeaten after six games. Or, skirt... Now you lost five because, well, one was canceled then. You just lost, well, that Saturday game. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. It's it's a really bad game. It, that's a terrible game. Um, and listen, it's a horrible loss for everyone involved. I'm not going to point fingers because, really, I only have ten fingers and it goes to more than ten people. When you lose a game that ugly, that bad, that goes on every player that's not named Julius Marble. Um, and that includes, hey, listen, it's, it's unfair, but the game is the game. It includes guys like Malik Hall, who, hey, he had a good game, but also maybe hit that wide-open three at the end of the game. Or, like, Bingham. I mean, hey, you know, like those free throws would have been really nice to hit. However, with that said, those two guys, uh, very low down the list uh, of the blame game right here. I'm not putting Malik's missed three at the top three reasons they lost this game or the Bingham free throws at the end. Some of the reasons that they lost this game or the top three reasons that they lost this game. Because Northwestern is not a good team. They're a fine team. Listen, they're, they're okay. They get the job done, clearly. But they're just a fine team when they have their best player. They were missing their best player. Pete Nance wasn't even in the game. You had guys like, what's his nuts? Uh, Casey Simmons? Having productive minutes against you? Chris Collins wasn't even aware of who Casey Simmons was until sometime midday Saturday afternoon. You have Ryan Young and Nicholson working you like prime Shaquille O'Neal during the game. How is that going to go next Tuesday when Kofi Coburn is posting up against your... Whatever, we'll, we'll get to that later in the week. But the long short of it is that Northwestern, that's not a good team. That's not a good team. 9-6 and six now on the season for them. Good for them. That's great. Should be 8-7, and seven, but they're not because, well, Michigan State did 400 things wrong. And if they just did one of those things right, okay, we're, we're talking about a win. Albeit, we're probably starting to get a little concerned. But no, instead, we're just a lot of bit concerned after they actually lost that game. And we'll start really quick. 
coaching, I mean, hey, listen, if you think I'm going to be one of these people questioning Izzo after all of his Final Fours, after all of his things that he's done well at Michigan State and earned himself a Hall of Fame career, if you think I'm one of those people that's going to question him, you're absolutely right. You're bang on. I am because that was... I don't know what word I want to use. Inexcusable? Is it questionable? Is it laughable? Whatever the rotation decision was to have Joey Hauser play center down the stretch. When Northwestern has an offense that is running through the center position. And listen, Joey Hauser, this is not his fault. This isn't a me ripping on Joey Hauser segment. Although it's going to sound like that. I'm very sorry. But that's what life is like when you talk about college games. He has a hard time playing defense against guys that play the four most of the time. Every time, now you want him to play against seven-foot-tall centers. Oh, how did that work out? They actually got very lucky because they were getting wide-open layup looks. Right over the right shoulder, right over the left shoulder. Okay, wide-open layup. Sometimes they missed them. I have no idea how. It's not like they were being interrupted by Hauser, but I digress. This, again, this isn't ripping Hauser. This is ripping the decision to put Hauser at center down the stretch. Kid's trying hard. Kid's working his ass off. Very strange, though, to have a guy that struggles on defense, and not just this season, going back to last season, getting worked on in the post routinely. That's the guy you go in crunch time to play the five. Well, you have three centers on the bench. And I don't know if this is a teach him a lesson sort of thing, but... Of course, you probably saw the quote by now, is why wasn't Bingham playing? And I quote, Izzo said, It frustrates me when a guy walks up and down the floor. I'm just going to say that they made the choices, and I second it at the end. Okay. Great. Awesome. So, we're doing the whole life lessons thing. Uh, Hey, don't have poor body language, yada, yada. I'm going to pull you out of the game and play Hauser. Okay, that's fine. Marble, I understand. Probably a little tired down the stretch. At least have maybe Sissoko just play the five? Or, like... The least he could do is give out one of his five fouls against a kid that probably doesn't have a sterling free throw percentage. As I look it up right now, yeah, just a, a smooth 70% career. Like, no, or it's just easy layup after easy layup. That's fine. Okay, so that that's my take on the coaching aspect right there. Um, alarming to not have any shots from Gabe Brown in the last five minutes. And I know the debate around the team is like, okay, well, who's the go-to guy? Or, oh, this really hurts when the team doesn't have a go-to guy. No, no, they do. It's Gabe Brown. And it has been Gabe Brown the entire season. For him to not have any shots in the last five minutes, yikes. Uh, Once again, great job uh, protecting the ball in the first half. Only 12 first-half turnovers. And Northwestern had to maybe work for two of them? Maybe? Maybe three? If we're going to be generous to Northwestern? Great job there, and also fantastic work on the boards. 17 offensive rebounds for Northwestern. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. Um, so, yeah, like just lackadaisical play. Zero care for the ball. Uh, whether it be holding on to it when you're on offense or grabbing the ball when you're on defense and uh, just not having Northwestern score a ton of second-chance points. So, yeah, like I said, it, it felt like it was a game where they just did 400 things wrong. And if they just don't do one of them, well, <laughs> you probably win the game that Northwestern was begging you to win as they gave you only, like, four chances on the stretch there to take it out of their hands. But now there's no interest in that on Saturday. This is going to shock you what we're going to do next segment. We're actually going to spin this around. I'm going to try to add some silver lining here 
to the game and the rest of the season. I know, that's going to be crazy considering what you just heard that first segment. But hey, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best because I, eh, I'm not grumpy all the time. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, guys. Michigan State could have used some Built Bars on Saturday. No doubt about that. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And uh, if you're like me and yours is about getting fit or eating healthier or both, add Built Bar to that plan. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that not just tastes like a candy bar. If you ask me, it tastes way better than a candy bar. Makes it easier to stick to your resolution as well because it tastes good and you're going to get some awesome, awesome benefits out of this protein bar that's most of the time packed with 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, Just compare that to a candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Or compare the taste to whatever whack protein bar that you're eating right now. The one that when you bite into that mysterious brown outer layer that's definitely not chocolate. And then sawdust falls everywhere and you got to convince yourself that you're chewing on a mega chocolate chunk bar. Like, no, that's it's whack. It sucks. Built Bar is delicious. Built Bar impacts your life in a positive way. It will impact your workouts. Heck, it's got me through a lot of workouts so far in this young new year, and I look forward to them carrying me through a lot of workouts here for the rest of 2022. And I'm also looking forward to them saving you money with promo code LOCKED15. That's right, guys. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. One more time, it's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And before getting more into Saturday's game, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, so yeah, we're, we're going to still talk about Saturday's game, like I said, but I'm going to try to add some silver lines to it, which might sound silly me saying that because I'm going to start off uh, with saying that, yeah, this, this team is not as good as the ranking suggested, the, the top 10 team. But hear me out. And you're going to roll your eyes to the very, very back of your head. But let's remember where this team was before the season, right? Okay, this was a team rated outside the top 25. And they've surprised a lot of people. They've surprised me. I did not think the season would get off to that hot of a start either. So couple that with the fact that, yes, I also do think that there is a good team in here. We've seen them play better in the beginning of the year. Now, of course... Is it going to be easy to get back to where they were? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's not going to be easy whatsoever because two tall straws that stirred the drink. And one of them is literally tall, the other one figuratively. Um, Marcus Bingham and Tyson Walker, I think, are your X factors here. Marcus Bingham, ever since uh, he could not play against High Point due to uh, COVID issues, really hasn't been the same player he was to start the season. He's been fine. But there has been a little bit of a hiccup. If you want to go advanced stats, uh, barttorvik.com, you can see his efficiency and his usage have gone down. But also just, you know, your common folk box box score stats, if I can get the words out of my mouth, has only broken 20 minutes once in the last four games. So he's played less than 20 minutes per game. His rebounds aren't up there. He's not scoring a lot. Just two points on Saturday against Northwestern. Just six points against Minnesota. Four points against Nebraska. And, yeah, he just doesn't look the same, right? I, I, something's off because November, early December, he was a machine. And he was the reason Michigan State, you watch him, you're like, oh, my. Oh, that's a really good team. But 
if he's not playing the way he was to start the year. Endless, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's fatigued from COVID. I don't know if it's a mental lapse. I don't know if teams have figured him out or anything like that. But yes, something, and I'm not claiming I'm a genius for spotting this. I think you could spot this too. Something is just not right with Marcus Bingham. And I think another eye test thing is too, is Tyson Walker, the other player as well. And that's crazy because I think he's been doing fine. But I don't know why he's a little reluctant to take shots or maybe just a little hesitant out there at times because I I don't know. Something just seems to be a tick off. Only five shots on Saturday taken against Northwestern. And when you have a guy like Christie out there who's not having a good game, we could really use someone else shooting the three ball, can't we? I mean, that sounds fantastic. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he's just thinking too much out there. That's my opinion, but again, this is all speculative, just me just staring at a player and trying to dissect what's wrong with him, but yeah, it just does seem like he's overthinking things and at sometimes maybe even just a little too worried about making mistakes, which, okay, I can understand that. Izzo's not necessarily the most friendly guy to play for sometimes if you don't run a system exactly how he likes, and maybe that's starting to bleed over as well. Also... Here's a silver lining here, and it's an extreme negative. I'm going to try to turn it into a positive. Is that that's probably, hmm, yeah, no, I'll say, that's probably definitely, <laughs> definitely Max Christie's worst game that you'll see at Michigan State. That, that, that was really bad. But that's the silver lining is that it, you probably won't see a game as bad from him from here on out. Uh, he was ice cold from behind the arc. And listen, this was going to happen. They, they threw the stat out a few times on the broadcast on Saturday, but in the last four or five games, he was shooting like 64% from three. Now, that was not going to be sustained. Water was going to find its level eventually. Now, you would have loved for it to find its level gradually over the next few games and not immediately with the 0 for 5 performance from behind the arc or 1 for 8 from the field total, but yes, it did, and that happens. I know. He's a freshman. We still got to remember that, and he's still a net positive for this team, of course. This isn't a rip on Christie segment. This is just saying that, hey, that was a really bad game. But, I don't know, I think he's too good of a player to have one of those again in an important spot. Also, with that said, i got to say, he is some of the, like, I, I love Christie as a player. I think he's awesome. Some of the, the the craziest turnovers I've ever seen come from him. But then again, like, every player on the team is trying to outdo the other one for who could have the, the wackest turnover possible. So, I'm splitting hairs at this point. And last but not least, last but not least for Silver Lining, and isn't this fun? Like, you guys just, you know, you you probably have done it yourself every once in a while, or if you're like me, you do it every year. But every year, seemingly, there's this inane loss in January, you know? And you're starting to question Izzo, like, what the hell is he doing? This is so stupid. Way to go. He just cost us the season. And also, there's actually numbers to back that up, too. Like, Bart Torvik, they always do their conference projections. Michigan State was hovering around, like, a, th- a little above 30% to share the conference before that game. Now they're at 12%. Anyway, back to what I was saying. We always just question Izzo in January. A really crazy loss that is inexcusable and you start to question everything in the world. And then what happens by the end of the season more times than not? Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Like, Izzo's been here for 26 years. This happens almost every single year. And also, more times than not, by the end of the year, everything turns out pretty okay. You go back to 2019. They had that gross three-game losing streak. It was disgusting. I hated it. Uh, it turned out okay, though. You won the Big Ten title. You won the Big Ten tournament. You made the Final Four. That was pretty fun. Uh, how about 2020? 
Okay. Whew. Yikes. I don't like this game. That that road loss at Indiana late January. Ugh. God, how on earth could you guys choke that one away? Well, there goes the season. And oh, great. Another three-game losing streak. Woohoo. Uh, that turned out okay at the end, too. Won a Big Ten title. And, of course, you know, Big Ten tournament March Madness canceled. But, yeah. Listen, this, this is, uh, oddly enough, a really odd thing to say coming up. A comfortable spot for Michigan State to be in, especially with Tom Izzo at the helm. You're off a really ugly game. And yes, I know we talked about it the first segment, but really? We're going to be doing the life lessons thing and sitting Bingham down for poor body language and everything and kind of costing your team the game there? How's that going to do anyone any good? Okay, well, I gotta, like sometimes it actually does do the team well. Is that going to stop me from getting all upset and, you know, screaming into a pillow at the end of the game? No, of course not. I'm going to do it next year when the same thing happens. But no, it's, it's, it's well said by Izzo right here. And this is the quote that we're going to end on from his post game. Quote, I think I've got a good team, but they're a good team when they're playing hard as hell. We're not the most talented team in America. And that's bang on. That's how they started the year. Not the most talented team in America. Very flawed team. Luckily, so are a lot of other teams in the country. It's a whack, whack season. A lot of good teams. And I don't know if there's any great ones. I mean, Baylor just lost again over the weekend. Number five ranked USC lost over the weekend. Uh, LSU tooks, uh, takes a big L ranked at number 12 over the weekend. It's just, it, it's a crazy basketball season in college. And yeah, crazy. Like that's never happened before. But yeah, it, once again, here we are. I mean, it, it's going to go all over the place. And hey, you know what? Let's end on this note. Could be a lot worse. We could be Michigan. We could be Memphis. But we're not. We're Michigan State. Life's okay. I know. That loss sucked. And I don't know if it is going to get any better. We got Wisconsin coming up on Friday night. <laughs> and then we got to go on the road to uh, Illinois following that game. But hey, man. We're doing okay. Team is performing above expectations from the preseason. And yeah. There's a lot of other teams out there that would love to be in the situation MSU is in right now. But, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. We're still going to do some complaining probably throughout the week and whatnot. But we're going to turn the page to and start to try to rationally look at this step by step and realize that, yeah, this is a long season and hiccups do happen. And when hiccups happen in our Tom Izzo, okay, hey, like I said, I've done it before. I'm doing it. I did it this whole episode <laughs> questioning him. But also, we see him right those runs, baby. So, in Tommy Trust, in Tommy Trust, onward we go. All right, guys, on the other side of this break, quick listener email and then also a departure from the Michigan State coaching staff. But first, need to talk to you, find folks about betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 with a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Hey, sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, LOCKEDON, to get started. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. It's BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag, where the game starts. All right, not done with hoops just yet because we have an awesome listener email from Abby Wolf. Thank you so much for sending in your email, Abby. Um, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. If I haven't said it 
uh, 19 times already this episode. If you guys have any questions, comments, I think we're going to be doing a mailbag episode sometime this week. So, yeah, we'll definitely be asking for questions on Twitter. But if you'd rather email it, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. So Abby actually sent this one in after the Minnesota game um, and asked, point blank, I love this question. If Joey Hauser hadn't had to sit out a year after transferring, do you think the fans would be nearly as hard on him? I feel like we spent a whole season on Izzo hyping him up to the fan base, leading us all to believe he was going to be the next big thing. He's had flashes of that, but it hasn't been to the caliber of what Izzo seemed to imply during the 2019-2020 season. Would love to hear your take on this on the podcast. Hey, thanks for that. He actually would like to hear my opinion on that. I feel flattered right now. Um... I think there's definitely something to that. No doubt. Uh, I, I do. And I don't think it really came from a bad place from Izzo, too. I don't think he was trying to put these crazy expectations on him. Because from what I've heard from players that were playing against him in practice or um, student managers that were there for practice as well or people that would visit during these practices, I, I heard on numerous occasions from many different people that Joey Hauser would just rack shop during practice, that he would just murder people in practice. Like, he was clearly one of the best, if not the best player on the court for these. So I think this all came from a good place. Now, what happens there? Well, maybe the lights get a little brighter and things change when you're actually playing in a game and the cameras are rolling on you. Or the game speed is maybe just a little bit different. But yes, I that offseason really hurts. And I, maybe it's not just that, though. If you're a, a fool that follows recruiting a ton like myself, you would also remember that when Joey Hauser was in high school, highly rated four-star kid, Michigan State was down to the very end of his choices too. To me, I think it was between Michigan State and Marquette, I heard from a few people. If not, they were definitely in the top three, if not top five, if you want to go that far. So I've had Joey Hauser in my sights since he was like a junior, senior in high school. Think about how good he is. And there's probably a lot of people like that as well that have been keeping their eye on him forever. But now, like I said, here we are. And that's not to say that he's been a total, total dud this year. Yes, I've been hard on him, of course, if you've listened to this podcast. And yes, there are some games where he leaves a lot to be desired. Namely, you know, those games in the Bahamas. But since then, on offense, I think he's gotten a little better. It's the defense that's tough. But hey, every player has their limitations. His is defense, especially in the post. So it's also really bad, really unfair to him to be playing the five position at the end of the game on Saturday. Because just like I tried to convey, like it's hard to talk about with, okay, Hauser was getting worked in the post. That doesn't sound great. But at the same time, like it's not Hauser's fault that he's in the game. It's not like he checked himself into the game and put him in that situation. Or he gets sent out to the court to play the center. What is he supposed to do? Just say... No, actually, I'd rather just sit on the bench. That's okay. Leave me out. Like, kid's trying his best. I know. And last year's season was so bananas for everyone. And, of course, it impacts everyone differently. They're essentially playing in solid, not solitary confinement, but very close quarters with very strict guidelines to the point where, okay, like, I can see how that would mentally drain someone. Can't go see your family. Not really seeing a lot of friends other than your teammates. Like, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of factors here to play into. But yeah, I think that year, especially when it's like, oh my God, if he gets his waiver granted, Michigan State's going to be awesome. 
And then, okay, he doesn't get the waiver granted. And then, just like Abby writes, like, that is all you hear in the offseason, just how great he is and how he's going to be dynamite next year. But, yeah, I again, I think he came from a good place because everything that he was doing in practice during that year off fit the billing of everything that, well, we wanted him to be when he came here from Marquette. So, yeah, that's a great question, though. I really do love that question. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Abby, for writing in on that. And before uh, we set sail into the rest of the week here, of course, uh, breaking news because that's just what happens every day here in uh, East Lansing and in Spartan country. And this one is defensive line coach Ron Burton announcing his departure away from the program after nine seasons with Michigan State. And, of course, if you can do the math there, yes, nine seasons means that he coached under D'Antonio and, of course, coached under Mel Tucker as well. Uh, I kind of read this as a mutual parting of ways, I suppose. I don't really know too many inside baseball details on this other than there's whispers that this was on the wall since late November. But then again, why not just leave when the other coaches do? But then there's like the whole thing with the Brandon Jordan hire, who's the pass rush specialist, is his official title. Okay, well that flies pretty close to Burton's (laughs) position. So anything to do with that? I don't know. It, it maybe just seems like a natural parting of ways here. It's interesting um, because, yeah, this is a guy that was queued up to take the Indiana job, not the head coaching job, but another assistant role down at Indiana. And then Mel Tucker you know, kept him back. He said, hey, no, 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 stay up here. We want some continuity here on this defense. Please stay. Please stay. Uh, it would be fantastic to have you on the staff. But after two years, he's on to bigger and better things. Uh, put out a statement on Twitter. And, um, yeah, listen, he's still going to try to coach. Writes uh, at the end of his statement, As I look for new opportunities, I wanted to let you know that East Lansing and Michigan State will always hold a special place in my heart. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Go green. So, best of luck to uh, Coach Burton. And uh, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. I'm sure he'll take my message to heart. But on a more real note, yeah, uh, we thought we were done with Michigan State's coaching staff being filled out after that Brandon Jordan hire. But, nope. Mel Tucker is going to be fishing for another assistant coach here. And, hey, if it's any, anywhere as close, as exciting and interesting and intriguing as the Brandon Jordan hire was, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat to see what unfolds here in the next week or so for that 10th and final assistant on-field coaching assignment. So let's get it popping, baby. All right, guys. Well, hey, I know it's not Victory Monday, but uh, I hope you still had fun listening to this episode of Locked on Spartans. We will be back tomorrow, of course. We're going to get some Take Tuesday going. That's right. I'll be fishing for some takes from Spartan Nation, and we're going to weigh. Are they legit, or are they a little foolish? So, yeah, stay tuned to that tomorrow as we build up to Friday's big game at Wisconsin. We'll have a lot of fun throughout the week, guys. You know us. Come on. We always do. Um, and thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make Locked on Bets your second listen. That's right, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by Your Boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, love you all. Go Green.